You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I shoot my shot, I hit my goals. I let man act like they don't know. Check my record and learn that code. One eight seven, that's Andrew Cold. Cold murder beat, I'm cold. I link up with bro, that's. I did it like Andrew Cole. I just do my thing. I don't need to talk. I shoot my shot, I hit my goals. I let man act like they don't know. Check man's record and learn that code. One eight seven, that's Andrew Cold. Murder beat, I'm cold. When I link up with bro, that's. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mugger. I'm joined this week by a busy panel. Let me go around and introduce everybody. Michael, we're making a bit of a habit of this. How you doing, brother? I'm very, very well, my guy, man. How's it going? Not bad. Do I still call you Dr. Michael? Have you, have you hung up the... the, the hey, room? man. Hey, man. That, that took five years to get, man. So you just didn't call me that. <laughs> oh, Dr. Michael. We've got a few doctors in the network still. There's a Dr. Mike. So you, I'm going to make sure you're Dr. Michael so we can differentiate between Love the that. Liverpool guy and obviously the, the, the Mugger guy. So Dr. Michael, no good, doubt. To have you. good to have you back on, brother. Rodney, you made your main pod debut yesterday. Long, long awaited. How goes I did, I did, I did. Two, two pods in two days. How are you feeling? Boy, this is a rare occurrence. This is yeah. a rare occurrence. I don't make a habit of it. <laughs> you I don't thought... and you won't, yeah? yeah. <laughs> and I will not be making a habit of it, but I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm... Right, cool. Good to see you, brothers. Yeah, man. And Sebi, what are you saying, bro? Yeah, it's good to have Rodney on the main pod, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Years, I'd be like, just come through, man. Just come, come through, through, man. Oh, he's got something up. Skeptics doing a concert. <laughs> <laughs> the latest Young Spray podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit different, isn't it? It's hard to get yeah. them. Uh, with, with, with the rest of us, but he finally made it, so good to have him on. Before we get into all business Manchester United, I've got to do the usual plug to social. So if you're a listener and you're not following on the Twitter, make sure you give us a follow at TLF underscore. Mugger. Uh, we've also got the Patreon where we're putting additional pieces of content, previews, reviews, 
other stuff where we're looking and having different discussions about Manchester United. If you're somebody who's into that sort of content, subscribe to become a Patreon and look at £5 a month. And also if there's content you'd like to see which isn't on there, please drop us a DM. We're always open and eager to hear all ideas. Uh, Discord is back. I'm sure we'll be doing a few more Discord during this Christmas period where it feels like there's a game every two or three days. So if you're not already signed up to the Discord, I said this last week, well, I actually do it this week. When I release the pod, I'll include a link to our Discord platform. We do watch-alongs. We've got loads of different spaces. If you're a Manchester United fan, there's a space for you. If you also like NFL, basketball, tennis, pit stop tracker stuff, uh, our Discord community is over a 1,000 people strong, so sign up. Um, for that too. And if you're a regular listener to the pod, apart from sending across, sending across your Spotify raps and whatnot, please leave us a, a review on Spotify or Apple, whichever your preference is. Let us know what we're doing well or not. With all that being taken care of, let's get into the business of what we do every week on Mugga. So um, last week, obviously, we, we talked about how big of a week it was for us. We had Bayern Munich midweek in the Champions League and we had Liverpool, um, the 4.30 Sunday All Eyes on Me special. Um I think I said that if we ended up losing uh, by more than minus five goal difference across the two fixtures, I'd be really worried for Eric Ten Hag's job. Um, but he ended up not. He lost 1-0 and he drew 0-0 with Liverpool. And we'll start with the game uh, from yesterday. I'll start with you, Dr. Michael. So going into yes. that game, obviously, we know that we lost like, there uh, mm. 7-0 last year. I think we haven't scored a goal at Anfield in the last four or five years. Yeah, since 2018. Jesus. Going into that game, um, based on how this season has gone, how hard it is for us to generally go there, what were your feelings? Uh, generally, I thought it would be whatever score Liverpool wanted it to be. Whatever score they wanted it to be, three. Three if they wanted to take it easy. Five if they wanted to show levels. And seven, again, if they wanted just to, to really rub salt into the wounds. So um, I, had, I had no faith. I know I shouldn't say that, but I had, I had no faith. I thought, rah, we're going, do you know, obviously Liverpool always scoring goals, attacking ferocious football. We know how they are at Anfield. We know how they start. And initially when the game started, I saw them hunting Amrabat for the ball. I said, well, hey, boy. <laughs> bass balls, bass balls, what's going on? Listen, man, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the tactical yeah. side of things, but I, I was with you 100%. Um, the 7-0... I said on the main pod yesterday, um, we don't actually hear about it enough. Mm. And if it was Arsenal who'd beaten us 7-0 or we'd beaten somebody else 7-0, best believe they would not be allowed to forget it. They wouldn't be even allowed to look me in the eyes. I would mention it so much. Um, But we really don't get that result mentioned as much as it probably should be. But based on how they played this season, how it seems that when we go away, we're such a poor side. I was just like you. I thought they'd win 2-0, 3-0, Salah to grab another goal like he usually does against us and it to be a pretty comfortable win. Um, Sebi, Rodney, um, did either of you go into that game with any sorts of hopes or any ideas that we could potentially sneak a result or were you both like myself and Dr. Michael? Do, do you know what? I was a bit more cynical. Um, I thought that um, Liverpool were going to try to win 1-2-0 or two nil to keep Ten Hag in a job. I thought they were going to try and say, you know what, let's get some early goals. But you, man, chill, because we need that guy and that man. You need, we need that guy in Man United, bro. We need to make sure that he's still there. So I thought they were going to do that, man. I know Pep has done it a few times where their man score early and then pass the ball around because they need a manager there, bro. So they just want to keep our shit. So I was thinking that was going to happen. So 
Yeah, I definitely thought he was going to lose, but I didn't think it was going to be another 7-0. didn't think it was going to be an embarrassing result. Cool, man. Um, so let's actually get into the game itself. So I think the first half, definitely the first five or so minutes, just like Dr. Michael said, um, we were trying to do that thing that Gary Neville always described as us, like trying to pretend to be good at playing out the back, i.e. the ball keeps going back to Onana, but they were pressing the hell out of us. They had about six players within 30 yards of our goal. So Salah Nunes right up against Onana and the centre-backs. And then you had like Sabozlai, Diaz, Gravenberch, and maybe even uh, Endo all pushed all the way right up, which meant that trying to play out the back, we couldn't get out at all. Um, and we only actually started to get any joy when we went a bit more direct, uh, got like Onana would boot it, get to the halfway line and then like 50-50 somehow win it and then play it out wide to Anthony. But how do you feel we started in that game, Rodney? Um, to be honest with you, I, we've been on this pod many a times and asked Ten Hag to play the way he wants to play. I'm baffled at the decision to decide to, decide to try and stand on your um, lows at Anfield away, but you did what you did, so now I kind of made my bed. So it was a kind of thing where, all right, we're well, going to play from the back. Let's let's see how this goes. It, it didn't really work out. I appreciated the effort. Like, you've got Amabat, Maino, um, Anana, Shaw. All of those players technically are good enough to receive the ball and, and beat the press. But ahead of that, it wasn't really much. Obviously, you've got other players, Ganacho, McTominay, who, who don't really who can't really receive the ball in that way. So I think after about six or seven minutes where Gary Neville was going mental about it, I think we ditched it and decided to go go a bit um, more direct. The problem with going a bit more direct is you've got no one who's really going to hold at the ball either. So it comes back either, either way. But obviously, if you're going more di- direct, you've got more of a chance of um, defending better than losing the ball right in front of your goal. So yeah, the early five or ten minutes, I thought, oh, this is a long evening man long long evening but then i think it, we got to it got we got to about the 15th minute if you don't mind me um fast forwarding a bit and i started i've watching liverpool and i'm thinking hang on a minute these guys don't really look that amazing sloppy passes there wasn't there wasn't much creativity in the side the midfielders didn't look, look like they was gonna do anything other than press us when we had the, like, there was, there was nothing there for, from them, for me. So I thought, mm, maybe, I didn't want to get my hopes up, but at 20 minutes or so, I thought, mm, maybe we can, maybe we can nick something here or, or hold it down to a 3-0 or something like that. Because Liverpool did not look amazing. But yeah, the early um, five or 10 minutes, it was scary. Agreed, agreed. I think you, the, the main culprits, because I kind of watched some of it back today, was that, so Bosley and Salah, I think they were poor. They were very poor. poor. That right hand side. That was very poor because it's Luke Shaw. So you know, you know what you're looking for when it comes to Luke Shaw. Yeah. I mean, he served up a real disaster class last year. But Salah's passes were over here. So was a Bosley. Touches were um touches were sloppy. Incorrect very. decisions were incorrect decisions were made. Um we kind of went up the other end. There was an opportunity where Anthony got the ball cut in and he got blocked. Uh, Garnacho had an opportunity where he cut in and he just kind of like roofed it, like as in went yeah, in, yeah, yeah. went into the stand. But I'm just like you after that kind of first five minutes, it was just a bit, bit mucky, really. Yeah, just a bit 
mucky. The game was broken up a bit. Maynard was the only midfielder who could really like put his foot on the ball and actually try and like take more than two touches and play out of pressure and find a player that was free. But just like always, we seem to have a lot of space down that right-hand side. And I don't know if that is because teams don't particularly rate Anthony. So they're happy, happy to kind of like, whoever your left back is and your left winger are, they're kind of happy to push up a bit more and gamble. But it feels like Anthony's always like our outlet ball. And Greenwood, and before Greenwood, uh, whoever else was on the right, it never really felt, we've, we were very like left-hand biased in terms of build-up. But I don't remember that right ever being such an outlet, if you know what I mean. Like, it just yeah. feels like we build up really well down the left because you normally have the Luke Shaw's there when he's fit, Martinez there, obviously Rashford. Rashford when he's playing too. But the right never felt like such an outlet. It felt like everything had to come down the left. Why do you think that Anthony, because he was okay for Anthony standards yesterday, tends to get so much space, which he then ultimately ends up doing nothing with? He holds his whip really well. We players that we've had wide naturally aren't wingers. We're left or right. Those players are coming inside to receive the ball. Players like Sancho, they're coming inside to receive the ball. They don't want to be out wide naturally. And I think for Anthony, that is that is kind of one of his strong points. Is makes me sick saying it, but um, staying wide positionally and obviously his his work rate off of the ball at times is great. So I think for him. That's the only plus he has is that he keeps his width. And um, I'm not really sure it's whether fullbacks rate him or not. I, I don't know how professional footballers look at um, Anthony because sometimes I read comments from professional footballers and they say their hardest opponent is someone that I think is absolutely dog shit. So I don't know how, I don't know how they view um, Anthony. But for him, I think the space that he gets it is him earning it just from staying wide. He's, he's quite disciplined in that sense. I can see why Ten Hag needs that in the team. I can see why we currently need that in the team. Also, he, he, his ball retention his ball retention is quite good as well. So even when he's getting that space, he's keeping the ball, not doing much with it, but he's keeping the ball. So yeah, I think the fact that he has space on the right is a little bit more so to do with his game than probably teams showing him respect. But what happens with it is, is just non-existent. I don't think the relationship with the fullback on the right-hand side of it, Bidalo, Aramabasaka, is there either. I mean, there's not much to work with, but yeah, I think I'll give him credit where credit's due. I think the space is more so to do with him than anything else. Fair, fair. A bit of Anthony prop. I wasn't expecting it, but... I was, like, I was saying it like, what the fuck am I saying that? Listen, bro, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good perspective that I really, really didn't think about because when I see him, I just... Oh, that, the feeling immediately is disgust. Yeah. But it has to be something within there at times, right? He's a professional footballer. Um, how how's the second half for you, Rodney? Um there was it was a nothing second half. I think that's probably it's all the big games we've seen this season, except the ones United have been involved, have been really good games. That second half was wasn't an absolute disgrace. I don't think um Liverpool covered themselves in much glory. I think United had maybe one or two chances where they could have done better and probably should have done better. But we're not going to be that pod that overanalyzes the one or two chances a game that um, players get. I'm sure Sebi, who's just come off mute, will <laughs> no doubt touch on, um, touch on a few chances that were had in the game or were not 
were not taken in the game. But yeah, the second half was scrappy. I don't I don't think there was a single Liverpool player who really who really stood out for me. I said it on the main pod, watching that Liverpool side prior to the game and even after the game, I thought they've got quite a strong attack, but I watched the game. I watched some of the game back, and obviously we spoke about it on the main pod. And yeah, I, I don't. You can kind of see why they struggle to go to home when we with the way we set up. I thought structurally we we was good with Maynard. I thought when he came off, it, that Liverpool had a, a lot more joy. But yeah, the second half there, there wasn't really much. I think there was a few tactical changes from Klopp that gave us a little bit more joy. But he switched it almost immediately. I think he did it for about five minutes and then and then he changed it up because we started to play a little bit of football mm. so the second half was a cagey affair i don't remember liverpool having too many chances i don't yeah, remember yeah. united having too many chances and it, I, I never really felt like liverpool were gonna score i never really felt like we were gonna score it was just that the crowd yeah. at anfield it's just a pretty much a nothing second half and you could probably have predicted that nil nil score line from 10 minutes into the second half where after yeah. Liverpool yeah, when we started, it was that was it. Agreed, agreed. For like for me, before you go in, it was like I remember the Van Dyke header, the Kanate, like when he spun and he shot both straight at Onana. Kanate had another free header which he missed the target. Salah uh, was uh, in in like outside the box and he had a shot on target. And I think there was that kind of the time when the ball came through to Nunes. And he um, like kind of bungled it, and then Diaz kind of got there, but then it got blocked. I think they had thirty-four shots, but only six were on target. So before you kind of give your thoughts on the chances we had, Seb, I wanted to get your thoughts on on a spectrum of Liverpool were poor to United were good. Where would you where would you place yesterday's performance? Um, I think. I don't know if it's Liverpool are poor or that's just like Liverpool, right? I think yeah. this current Liverpool team, especially with the makeup of the midfield, it's just them. Um, I also think, um, like, as I said on the pod, having midfielders that don't understand or have never been in the game, in di- that particular game, like the that, that kind of derby, should I say, I think it generally means something, right? And I think you go up an extra gear in that game historically. So I just think that's just the midfield that Liverpool had. Um, and that's just them um, based on the personnel. I, I, I do think we were really poor. I think it might be like 50-50, man. I think it was 50-50, 50 we were poor, 50 that's Liverpool weren't good. But I don't want to say they were totally rubbish because they weren't, right? They had all of the... The, the the middle thirds they they had chances to 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 kind of they had chances to at least create a chance to score so the chance before the chance like right so they got into those positions um and I just think they executed poorly and I also don't think they had anyone in midfield that could consistently basically give Man United a hard day, a hard time, right? I think outside of the positional pressing very early on, that's probably the only point where you say Man United had a hard time. But one thing I did realise is in the second half is as the game started to stretch, it did suit us a bit more. And the only reason why it suited us a bit more, because I do like the tactical change of bringing Dilo inside to come and receive the ball. 
uh, and when Dalo came inside to receive the ball, I think that helped a lot. I think it was like two or three times where he got on a half turn. One time he kind of missed up the, the final pass. The other time he kind of progressed play. And I think having that space, which is also how the Hoyland uh, chance came about, where things just open up just a little bit more. It's not as compact or not as tight as it was in the first half. Actually, eventually played into our hand and we started to feel and seem a bit more like a team. It wasn't great, but we, we could see some positional and tactical ideas that Ten Hag might have been, you know, trying to implement. But um, yeah, man, I'd say it's 50-50. Um, but I think the second half, we were... I can see I can see some stuff in the second half, should I say. Fair, fair. How how about you, Michael, on that on that scale of um, Liverpool being poor on the day and us having like a... Because there's some players who've been kind of like heralded, obviously, Onana, Rafael mm. Varane, up until the red card, Dallo. Um, Where would you be on this kind of spectrum of Liverpool were poor on the day? And we were good, or we were solid, because that, that kind of that solidness and I guess being organised and not leaving massive gaps yeah. um, is is for me the bare basics of a team. But it's 100%. something we really don't see when we go away to the big sides, and the record speaks for it. So on that spectrum, where would you place yesterday's performance? Yeah, hundred percent, man. We've been very porous, like when it comes to our defence, and we're kind of leaky when we lose games. We're conceding three goals. The amount of times we've had to come back to win games after teams have scored one or two goals against us. So to see us keep a clean sheet, and not only that, to keep it at Anfield, where I think they they won eleven on the trot. I think they've scored eleven games on the trot. I think this is the first game this season they've not scored a goal. So we we have to give ourselves credit that that doesn't just happen, and it, it may come at a surprise. Um, it's, we probably had our except for Martinez. I would have said we had our first choice back five there. So we're not we're not far off, except for obviously you'll have Martinez in for Johnny Evans. So we we did have a decent base to sort of work on, and maybe he will have Casemiro there instead of uh, Amrabat, and he will have Kobe Mayno alongside Casemiro. So we weren't far off, maybe one or two players defensively. So that it did surprise me that we did keep the clean sheet because I thought we were going to get absolutely rinsed. But I, out of nowhere, clearly some togetherness. Maybe Scott McTominay's leadership. Who knows what what has galvanised the team? Um, well, well done, man. That was hey, unprovoked. What's, it was unprovoked. It, it was unprovoked. You said Scott McTominay's leadership. It must be down to something different. Something's changed. You ain't got to do changed. all that, man. <laughs> I ain't that. But what, what I will say on Scott McTominay, the intentional segue, is... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> intentional because I'm with his goal scoring that he's been doing recently and the fact that he just misses when he plays deeper I think it either has to be Bruno or him I don't think they can play together when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. He shouldn't be playing, brother. I, I don't think he should be playing. I don't think he should be playing. What, 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 one of us has to be in the record, brother. Even Bruno Mertz, brother. Even Bruno Mertz. One of them has to be in the record, man. They can't, they both should not be playing. And I'm, I'm going to go with Tom shouldn't be playing. Yeah, I don't even think it's a, convert, a conversation about which one because even in that game, I think the ball got to McTominay like three, four different positions on the break. And he was like Bambi. He doesn't know what to do with his feet. He hasn't got a single post move that he can commit to memory. Even though he's mobile, he doesn't know how to move. He doesn't know what to do with the ball. You know, like Stephen A was talking about um, Kwame Brown. That's how I feel about Scott McTominay. And if you actually put Bruno Fernandes in some of those positions, you're getting... You're getting Passes, guile. you're getting, you're getting something. You're getting something, right? So for me, I think it's a no-brainer that. Um, but he likes playing both of them. That's the thing. He huh? likes to play both of them. Uh, obviously, everything hard. He likes to. Our attackers can't score. Our attackers can't score. And to that end, I'm going to come across to you, Seb, because we had we spent uh, quite a bit of this morning talking about the the the, the chance that uh, Hoyland had, and you you're of the opinion that he he should have done better with it. Um, you didn't send a, you said you were going to send a recording of somebody else taking the chance in the way you're trying to describe, but it'll be great to, like Ronnie said, we don't want to overanalyze because we only really got that one clear chance, but you've mm. obviously quite a bit about Hoyland and you've played up front yourself in the past. Like, explain, like, that the, the use of that chance, what, what disappointed you, I guess? Yeah, it's not disappointing me. I just feel like he made it harder for himself because he's not right-footed, right? So it's literally, like... If, uh, uh, you know, if it comes on anybody's right foot, it's not in front of you, but it's enough to kind of scoop out and kind of curl into the far corner. Not to say that he's going to score, but I feel like he'd be more comfortable doing that versus kind of uh, bringing it onto his right foot. And then once you go onto your wrong foot, you're just hitting and hoping pretty much. Like you don't, you, you don't really, you, you don't have no confidence. I'm just going to basically try to shoot and put this on target. It happens, right? Um, and then, yeah, so that's just like the chance on that. I'm going to see if I can definitely find it because I know what I'm talking about. It's a rush. I just don't, can't remember what game it is. Um, and then in regards to Hoyland, uh, I'm in another group chat and people just making excuses for him. Obviously, people make excuses for the boy all the time. But specifically this game, right, where United are getting pressed, especially very early on, yeah? And what he's doing... Uh, again, already mentioned he has like lack of movement and whatever. But what he's doing is he's effectively like um, staying out, of, staying out of the mix, right? Instead of taking ownership on his actual ability. Meaning, you know, when again, not, not saying he's Harry Kane or Lewandowski or any of these players, but let's say let's take Giroud, right? Let's take Giroud. Giroud has so many deficiencies. However, one thing Giroud will do, if your team's in trouble, if you need Giroud to get on the ball and bring other players into play and drop in and create a bit of space, he's going to do that. And from somebody that wants to be wants to be a hold-up player or wants to ball to feet, right, and hasn't got great movement, you need to find some confidence. It's a confidence thing, right? You need to find some confidence to go and drop in, link up with a play and get other people the space or get other people into the game. And we saw it, and it's so funny because I had the argument with somebody in the first half. 
in the second half, the chance that he had actually come from him moving away from Van Dijk, right? Dropping in early, linking up and making the second move. So it's also so it's something you can do, right? Because we've clearly seen you can do it. But when the game's super tight, he doesn't have the confidence to go and do it, right? But we need people to go and take some ownership. Like, go and get on the ball, go and drop in. Yeah, it's cool if you lose it or whatever. We used to say it with Rashford all the time. When Rashford will drop in, sometimes he'll get tackled. 50% of the time, he might get tackled. 50% of the time, he might hold it up and pass it off or whatever. But we need to at least see that. And once you do that, you've got Anthony and Garnacho that can move high and wide and you can get them in 1v1 positions versus the fullback. But if you are close to the fullback, right, and Anthony and Garnacho are like, and Antonio Garnacho have like two players to take on and you're not even making any movements to kind of bring anybody with you. You're just basically in some type of, like Liverpool have you in a cage, right? So everybody needs to work together. That's also like, like even like McTom, right? So if you, if Hoyland drops in, McTom doesn't touch the ball regardless or whatever, you can let McTom do that third man run, right? But if Hoyland's not dropping in, McTom and Hoyland are kind of in the same space, right? You've got McTom that don't want to touch the ball. Yeah, and neither of them are. So then you can't even get the ball to them. Yeah. So you can't get the ball to them, bro. So somebody needs to take ownership. Um, And this is why I I dislike and I like Bruno. At least Bruno's going to try to get the ball. He's going to do some fuckery, but he's going to try to get the ball and he's going to ping off the pitch or whatever he's going to do or whatever. But one of them, and particularly I always look at my number nine, yeah, when you're in trouble and number nines get a- away with it, but at, from a kid, I've always been taught or like watching number nines or hearing coaches or whatever, bro, drop in, link up, whatever. Like it's not old school. Back in the days, how Hoyland's playing, he's playing like it's fucking early 2000, 2000, uh, 2000s, bro. When your number nine just stays the width of the, with the width of the six yard box or whatever, the 18 yards and the wingers are just crossing. It's not that anymore. It's a new, right. it's a new game. Yeah, you need to drop in. So that's just my thing on him. Well, you got to do you. You got to do your bit for the team because I think there's a graphic someone posted in the Mugger chat, and it kind of had Marshall and Hoyland at the bottom in terms of touches. I think Marshall and Marshall was above Hoyland, but Marshall's played half the minutes almost that um, Hoyland has played. And if your steez in this team is to just kind of camp out and hope them are going to find you, they are not going to find you. You're going to go the whole game not getting any touches. So we saw him do it for the goal for Ganacho that was ruled out against Arsenal. Uh, and we saw him do it for the opportunity he had yesterday. So like Seb says, there is that opportunity for him to drop a little bit deeper. Maybe not halfway line-ish, but, you know, 30, 30, 35 yards from goal. Neat touches with the midfielders. Spinning. Yeah. And you've, dragged, you've dragged the defender out of position to follow you. Don't try to do the back to goal hold up thing because that's not really your game. It's not, it's not your thing. It's, it's, not, it's not your thing. But you've shown that one touch, two touch. I said, I a link up, a little flick, spin back round. A spin do and that. do your thing. Yeah. So one second before I take a little pause, yeah. yeah sure. And this is what I'm saying, yeah, with um like players, like so you've got so obviously Anthony he 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 maintains with he has he's got nothing about him. And then Garnacho can like He's got great confidence and he's very direct, right? But as you've seen in this team, right, when you have no special players, right, what we're rating is somebody retaining the ball and what we're rating is someone cutting in and shooting into the sky, right, or, like, getting tackled or, like, even the Chelsea match when, when Garnacho was carrying the ball, people were rating that, right? That's not, that's not great. 
So in my, like, and when we go to that Rashford, right, let's go back to that Rashford specifically, because in my opinion, and that the reason why I defend him, because I think he's the only special player we have in this team, right? You have a player, the reason why he does so much fuckery, because he thinks, and this is like a, this is a flaw, right? He thinks his ability is better than what it is. And not to, not to, not to like, not to shoot him down because for me, I think he's special. But in training, what he's probably able to do is pick up the ball from the halfway line, go past three players and bang it. That's what he probably does in training because I can see he tries to do that in the game. He's trying to basically replicate what he does in training. Because you see when them England boys talk about rushing training or whatever, they're like, who's the best guy in training? They always talk about him. So I know what he's doing. He's getting in training. He's going past step over as he's smacking it into the top bins. It's not, it's not going to work in a real-life game. Very few players in the whole entire existence of football were able to do that. Even though you can do it in training, it's not totally replicable in a match. So when you get Rashford, right, with the team, with the way it's set up, you've got players that don't want to show, you've got players that just want the ball to feet or whatever. Then you've got a player who thinks he can take on two players and smash it. And last season, he did a, he did a lot of that. He did things that really people said that you couldn't do when you could just pick up the ball and then just move. Even the Arsenal game, bro. These are all things that people forget. Like, only special players can kind of do that. Just nutmeg party and smash it. Like, it's it just... It, it, and he's trying to do that all the time. So, he basically knows this team is rubbish. I'm trying to do that all the time. But my talent doesn't match what's in my mind or what I can do in training. So, he gets tackled or whatever. Then he gets frustrated or whatever. So, that's, that's, that's also the flip side is players are trying to take ownership, but their ability don't match the ownership that they're trying to take, right? You can't, you're not Messi. Only Messi can do it. And again, it's not a, like, it's, it is a knock on Rashford because he keeps doing it, but it's not a knock to not be able to do that, bro. It's Neymar, Messi, Ronaldinho, you know, Kaka, Ronaldo, Hazard. Like, those are the ones that were able to, able to do that. Even like Ronaldo towards the end had to move position to be able to do the fuckery. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, so that's also the flip yeah, side of things. I, I, I completely, I completely understand your perspective. Um, so obviously, Michael, we talked about bringing Bruno back in, but then I looked and I was like, Rashford for Garnacho, um, and Ahmad for Anthony. And while I don't expect that front four with Hoyland um, to like pull up trees, I think that gives us a lot better chance than the guys that we're currently using. So Rodney, Mike, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on the, 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 the crop that we currently have and how far we can continue to go with them. Because like you said yesterday on the main pod, Rodney, the feeling was that Rashford will be dropped for like a game, maybe two games for Ten Hag to make a point. But it looks like he's firmly been dropped for, for Garnacho at this point. And to be honest, Garnacho is serving up rubbish, which is expected, I guess, from a 19-year-old. <laughs> But because initially he put Rashford, he moved Rashford to the right for Ganacha. And then now obviously he's now he's like, oh, you're not even doing business on the right. You you got to get out of the team. And he obviously brought uh, Anthony back. So yeah, and obviously Ganacha signed a new contract. Rashford, they both signed new contracts recently. So that's gonna be there. They're gonna be fighting for that left side for for a minute, aren't they? So this I, is something I that Rashford not. I should hope. Absolutely. What you, what you, what you think Ganacho is going to be sold? Yeah, that's... that's. Easy. I think Rashford is absolutely clear of Ghana. That's my issue now. That, that's, 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 that's expected. But I think Garnacho with where he is, he probably could do with playing not just on the left where 
he's constantly just trying to cut inside, cut inside, cut inside. It would be good for him to try playing on the right where he can come inside or he can go a bit wide. I think Elijah mentioned a few pods ago that he actually does a lot of damage when he goes round the outside and gets to the byline, you know. So for me, it's a no-brainer. We don't have any quality. And that's why we went a goal for it yesterday. Like Rodney said, there was no point during that game that I thought we could actually score or we could really hurt them. And that actually was up against Trent. We know how we feel about we know how we feel about Trent defensively. Go on, what were you gonna say? No, there were two chances. Obviously, there was the time when Kobe played a real nice ball. Uh, inside yep. of Trent, and then obviously him and Ganacho were running. I thought Ganacho had a bit more pace than that. I was a bit, I was a bit disappointed. I thought Ganacho had a bit more pace, and I don't know why. Obviously, I know Rodney said don't overanalyze, but I just didn't know why he didn't put his get his body in between Trent and the ball because obviously that would have prevented Trent. He doesn't have that. Did well. Did, Trent did very well to get he's the quite toe weak, in. though, don't you think? Oh, yeah, he, he, of a nineteen-year-old, he is a his body looks quite like because he, he is quick, but. Yeah. What guys tend to do against him is just body him up. Just yeah. body yeah, him Trent, up. Trent's not the Trent's not the, the henches guy, obviously. Yeah, go Trent on. is athletic. Trent is athletic, but he's not gonna oh, he's stronger. I guarantee you, gym related activities in terms of lifting core strength, Trent is gonna have a lot more. Because remember, footballers don't try and build mass, that's not what they're trying to do. They're yeah, trying to strong, be as strong yeah. as they can be, as lean as they can be. So don't judge strength by how lean here, just judged by the fact that he's a grown adult man. And God yeah, facts, facts. Yeah, I, I agree. He's strong. He will be stronger than him, but I just thought even if you get your body in between, then he, he has to do a madness to get the ball at that point. And then you've got mm. a free strike goal. So it's more just that. It's more just like, why show him the ball? You you cut, you cut in on him, then he has to do he has to do a madness. you got free shot and goal. Any touch in the box, you can fall down, roll over like Bruno, you got a pen. It's just more. I, I thought right. I thought because you, you, if you can't have pace, man, then get get your body in front and then let him make a decision for you. Let him swipe you. You got a pen, you know. So that's why I'm a bit disappointed. But that's less of a chance than the Hoyland one, which we've obviously touched on. Was set. Um, but that's probably where you know if you swap Rashford in in that opportunity, you like to think it's goal. Many a time, Rashford has body Trent. You know. Bodied him for pace, bodied him for strength. So, uh, but that's where Ten Hag made the decision, and he has to he has to hold that, isn't it? Yeah, no, but but didn't Rush have a virus? Apparently, yes, he has. Yeah. A, him and Mike had viruses earlier in the week, so that's why they went on the. He wasn't on the bench for the Bayern game, right? Um, yeah, yeah, but I think he already dropped him for a couple of games. For so he dropped him for one game, and then Rash was ill for one game, and then Rash was well, Ash was ruled for two games, and then this game at the start of the game, he said, Oh, uh, he is. Uh, if that's what you're buying, that yeah, you're buying that. Hey, listen, man, if that's what you're shutting, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna spell it. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. That's what my dad said. Yeah, he's not fully fit. He's not uh, got the energy, but uh, yeah, eh? he can. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, bro, it's what it is. I yeah. think at this point he would have seen enough of Garnacho though. So yeah, if that's... Rashford is not back starting on the weekend, oh, that's I'll be stunned. I'll be stunned. <laughs> yeah, that um, <laughs> that experiment has to it has to end quickly because we're um, with Garnacho, Hoyland, and Anthony. That's that a is, nasty. That is the That's worst. five front three. That is the worst front three I've ever seen line up for Manchester United Football Club. 
and I'm not even joking. Oh, that fair. is that is the worst. There is absolutely zero goal threat there, and um, the issues with Ganacho's games is becoming clearer and clearer. There are some huge deficiencies in his games, like game on game, and it's becoming more apparent. And he's just not ready to. He's just not ready to. Um, ready to start games at Manchester United. He's a good. He, he's a good player. But at the moment, he, he he's played his way out of the team, and whatever's going on with Rashford cannot be cannot be to the detriment of the world. Sorry, whatever's going on with Rashford and Ten Hag cannot be to the detriment of the team because at the moment, Ganacho's best game is probably Rashford at a five out of ten. So, get the lad back in the team. As I said to you like yesterday, I thought taking him out of the team was more of a thing to just put fire underneath him. Like, yo, you're not a guaranteed starter. You can get dropped. But where you've you've taken it a little bit too far, and these decisions haven't really gone your way. Like the decision to not play Varane where he played yesterday for majority of the games he hasn't played, and then we watched him yesterday have a great game in that position. You said he can't play, and and a few other positions haven't really gone your way where you've made those decisions. So I feel like get Rashford back in the team because that is our biggest goal threat. And if anything is going to happen, it's not going to be through the want of coaching. So you need that individual brilliance in the team at the moment. And if you don't have that and you continue with the three that you have, uh, it's going to, it's going to be a longer season than it already is. That unit doesn't work in, in, in any shape or form. Bringing bring Rashford in it, it, like on his current form, I get it. You probably aren't, he's not going to, at the moment, you don't expect him to have be in the form that he was last season, but he definitely, he definitely brings, brings more to the table than agreed, agreed, agreed. And listen, he was the only one who even slightly was creating chances for Hoyland. Exactly. exactly. He's not creating any chances for Hoyland. That yeah. was just he created for Hoyland. These aren't doing it. The problem is, and, and, and as bad as fans particularly United fans think Rashford is, I still think he has that fear factor amongst his peers. So when he's going on the pitch against Trent, it's a different feel to Ganacho. Do you know what I mean? Ganacho is a 19-year-old boy. It's just, I'm going to, he's a, he's a little boy for Trent. Even Trent, he's a little boy for Trent. So my thing is, when Rashford's on the pitch, people know things can happen. So you pay a little bit more attention to him and that creates space elsewhere. So It does. And you know what? I, I'm just thinking about this. From Rashford's perspective, you have to think about it like he's pl- he plays with these lot, right? So yeah. he knows he will know. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know they're shit. So <laughs> on the pitch, and he kind of knows obviously off the back of last season. If I don't do something, we probably ain't gonna win today. And like yeah. I said, that probably does lead to that hero ball. But what have any of them shown him to convince him that yeah. he should trust them? My my thing is with, with Rashford. I think he's gonna have to be very very when he gets back into the team, and it and it should be soon. He's gonna have to refine his game a lot now, and just try and get into positions where he's just gonna be able to get a shot on goal. Bang, that's it. Mm. I think there was points last season where he really did just strip back his game, and it was just I'm in behind here goal. And I think if he if he go comes back in the team and still tries hero ball, 
I think he yeah. sort of has to forget everyone else and sort of be selfish and say, all right, cool, I'm going to make this run. Hopefully Bruno finds me and it's in the back end of the net. You just uh, keep it simple for now and just, just get goals and build your confidence uh, and then we can go from there. But if he gets back in the team and he's still trying hero ball, trying to beat two, three players, like Sebi said, it's no knock on him. That is, that's difficult to do, especially in a team that doesn't create overloads, underloads. It doesn't have any anything about in in ways of coaching that's going to put you in positions where you're able to do that at a higher frequency that other players who have more success at it do so i think for him strip his game back and just just try and see if he can get in around in and around goal scoring positions where he knows once i one touch boom get a shot off and i'm um i've got an 80 to 90 percent chance of scoring if he comes back in and does the same nonsense there and i, I don't know i don't know if he gets back in the team long term. Oh, yeah. A few things on, on that, yeah, is one, the chance that he created yesterday was, like, better than Ganacho, better than anything Ganacho did. Like, and that was him in, like, second gear, right? Just going past Joe Gomez and then the ball across the box that Hoyland and them are not always slow to or whatever. But, yeah, anyway. And then the second thing is, I think the pressure of the fans versus maybe, like, Ten Hag is, like, we need to create for Hoyland. So I think at the start of the at the start of the season, especially when we didn't have a fullback or whatever, he was just playing simple. He was not doing anything, right? And people were calling that whack. He all he was doing, he wasn't. He literally wasn't doing anything. Like he wasn't. I didn't think he was playing good or bad. He was just trying to get to the byline and and cross it. Like he just weren't doing anything, right? And fans criticized him for that, right? So I think I think. Tactically, Ten Hag needs to find a way to make it work, right? You can't have your best player um, trying to strip his game back and um, provide for a player that's way less adequate and doesn't have the stripes in the game to actually demand what you're asking for. Um, and, and two, like, if you are going to play him, then maybe it's like play them in the two and make Hoyland do the dog work. Like, you need to make... You need to put your special players in a position where they have to do as minimal running as possible, right? And leave all the energy for the decisive moments, right? We're getting into a situation like when we were with Jose Mourinho, when when people criticise Marshall and Rashford heavily, where we want our best players to chase up and down like dogs, but also still go and score goals. I just don't think that's possible. And I don't think and there's no team in the premiership, any top team in the premiership is not doing that or asking their both wide forwards to chase up I and down. They like, are, though. I, I I think they're not chasing up and down like dogs, man. I think I the think, team... I think the best, the best two teams in the league, if you look at Arsenal, Martinelli and Saka, they work hard defensively. Mm. If you look at City's wide players as well, whoever they've got, they also work work hard defence. I don't disagree with you. I don't think we have that level of co- we have that level of coaching or any anything about us where we can have Rashford not doing sort of the legwork that everybody else is doing or everyone else doing legwork for him. But I, I do think there's there's teams in the league that have I don't think they're up and down. I think they work hard defensively, but I think those well, I are criticize Martinelli for it all the time. He's he's definitely up and down. And Saka Saka as well there he, he's definitely up and down. Uh, I'm not really sure about um, what Deku's on. I've only really watched him a handful of times 
Uh, defensively, I've seen him a few times, but they give away that many chances for them to be up and down, right? I just don't. I think they definitely work hard, right? I'm not saying that they don't get back. I'm saying that the amount of times that they get back versus the True, amount yeah. of times. Well, they're a better team, so they don't, like you said, they don't have to do it as much because exactly. they're a better team, yeah. Fair, fair. I think that's a that's a fair call out. So, um, a lot to take away from a lot to take away from the game on Sunday, and it'll be interesting. We've got West Ham away on Saturday. Um, let's take a quick look at Europe. Obviously, we're out now. Um, I think everyone on here. I'm not sure where you stood, uh, Dr. Michael. Wanted us out of the Champions League, but you, you and out of Europe, full stop. So not Europe. Yeah. But then, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with that full house. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you do you not think that some of the younger players could have benefited in playing that in that competition? The Hoylands you speak of, the Ahmads, the Hannibals, the Garnachos, no? Yeah, no, of course. I think that's I think that's a fair argument. They're, obviously, European experience is, is good experience, but I do the whole Thursday Sunday thing. It has a knock on effect, and we we break our heart. How many times have we got to the? Is it twice we got to the final, the latter stages, or at least the latter stages of this competition, and we go yeah. embarrass ourselves because it's one of the things where it's like, ah, oh, it's not serious competition, not serious competition. We start progressing. Then we come against a decent team, i.e. Uh, Sevilla, and then it's like, ah, oh, we're, we're getting, we're, we're losing games and it's embarrassing. So I'd rather just, you know what, clean slate, we're out of Europe, disgraceful campaign. We can do the post-mortem into why that happened, mm. why this, the campaign was disgraceful, and we go again. And if we want to get back in the Champions League, we got to buck up our league form. None of this. Oh, we you know, we can win the Champions team. League and da 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 Because that's usually... I mean, we can win the Europa League. So that's usually the hope. You know, we're languishing sixth, but, you know, we've got the Europa League final coming, so maybe we'll do a thing. <laughs> None of that. None <laughs> of that. We're not getting back in this year. None yeah, of that. Yeah. So, so just to give you a quick reflection on the table, so Arsenal top uh, 17 games played 39 points. Liverpool 17 games played 38 points. Villa 17 games played 38 points. City... 17 games played 34 points. Spurs and fifth, 17 games played 33 points. Newcastle six, 17 games played 29 points. And we're seventh um, with 17 games played 28 points. And we're up against eighth. Is West Ham 17 games played 27 points um, this Saturday away? <laughs> so I feel like the top five are if we if they are able to pick up positive results and we lose um, against West Ham or should I say not win. Um, the gap starts, it's really starting to appear after 18 games will be eight points or so adrift of the top top five. Um, so yeah, I mean it's not it's not it's not, it's not nice, uh, is it? It's not nice at all. And and the biggest issue, eight eight points with half a season to go. You could say, mm, yeah, you could, but the problem is there's no sort of performance as our foundation to say yeah we can go here pick up points we can go there pick up there's just there's, there's nothing there at the moment so it's literally game by game and, and, it, and it's a hope that we can we can get wins like even going into the west ham i don't know how confident everyone else is they're a top 10 team now so i'm yeah, not yeah, so, uh, if no, they were 12 good. i would have been a bit more confident but now I mean, they're in the top 10 yeah, yeah. No. kudos bowen um yeah, yeah. I I west ham yesterday had Two awards for star players in our main pod, like that. So I think, I think, yeah, it, 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 I think top four is probably just a little bit too much, just because everything that's gone wrong this season has everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. Nobody's in form as such. Um, 
One thing I do want to mention though is I don't think we're going to see Kobe and and Amra as as a midfield pair. Why do you um, think that? Just because I think he he I think he thinks that that pairing is super defensive, and I think that's why he went with it against Liverpool. And you could you could kind of see that 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 was that was the thinking behind Amra and Mena rather than that being the best balanced midfield pivot. It was just more of a case of that's the most defensive I can I can go with, and I want to try and not lose this game. So I don't think. In games where he's he's going to show a bit more initiative because he has to obviously he's going to go with with Amra and um, Kobe. I'd be very surprised if we see Amra and Kobe against West Ham. I do expect Bruno to come straight back in and then go back to whoever um, plus Bruno and um, McTominay. So I I feel yeah. like he, he like, looks like it's interesting. Sorry to interject because obviously yeah. the key midfielder he wanted was Frankie De Jong. Yeah. You know? Metronome is going to have a hundred touches, ninety plus passes, pass completion in the eighty high eighty percent into ninety yep. percent. Press resistance can carry the ball. Who is that player for this Manchester United? Exactly. I, I, the closest you're getting to that is Mr. Maynor. So I, I'm, ve- I, I'm very confused by why, why. But I just feel like from Liverpool and how we set up, I think his view on it and why we haven't seen it already is that it's too defensive. So I, I don't think we'll see that. Unless, yeah. unless he views, are we aware at West Ham? Yeah, we're aware. Yeah, unless he views uh, aware at West Ham as a game that he doesn't want to lose, rather than a game he wants to win. I, I don't, I don't really think we'll see. It. I've, I've given up hope on that. I think when Ericsson and Casemiro come back, we'll probably see a, a, a formation with those guys in it. Casemiro's back in. Um, Casemiro, Ericsson's back in training, and I think, to be honest. He needs to start not losing away at the big side. So yeah. I hope all the teams are in the top 10. So I hope he sees a way at West Ham as a big game. And he sets up again to be defensively solid. Because for me, like we said earlier, you swap McTominay out for Bruno. You swap Garnacho for Rashford. It's probably going to continue to be Anthony. I, I think somebody like Ahmad needed Europa, to be honest with you. One yeah, game, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, one game a week for Ahmad. That, like, what's he really going to get? Like, but do you back the manager to even play Ahmad in Europa? I would hope so, just by sheer numbers. By sheer I numbers. Don't think so. I don't you think Anthony would be starting in the league and in Europa? Uh, this manager has shown that he, his rotational mindset isn't isn't quite there, bro. And I don't, I don't, I don't in his last <laughs> brother. I don't know how much one assist, no goals in his last, and he still, and he still, he still play, he's still playing. <laughs> brother, I don't want to defend Anthony in any way. Or like, I think Amar should. As, as soon as he's fit, he should be starting. I just don't see. I don't see. I don't see the manager going that way. Even in, even in the Europa game, I think he'd probably more so go Pelly. That's, that's just because I don't rate the manager. Another manager, I'd probably say, yeah, cool. But mm, fair enough, fair enough. So we're happy to be out of Europe. I guess is the gist from you guys. Um, Sebi's convinced us that Rashford had a virus, that's why he didn't play. So, <laughs> that's my story, and I'm sticking it. I'm sticking it. <laughs> uh, so, um, hopefully, we see him back, um, in, in on the weekend. Uh, Hoyland, um, we need more from you, Varan. Let's have a word about Varan because I think we've said multiple times on this pod. Um, he's Saudi bound, I think. The news through the grapevine this week is that Murtar's staying. Um, Enios have done their due diligence and he seems to be very well liked at the club. I'm surprised after the whole handling of the Greenwood situation, but he seems to be very well liked at the club. 
Um, so looking to keep him on as football director. But he's gone to Saudi Arabia to discuss Casemiro, Varane, Martial and Sancho. Give us 200 mil. Doesn't matter what fees for which player. Just give us 200 mil and we'll give you them, man. Get the, get the cash, get the wages off the book. And the club is suddenly liquid all over again. Um, but, but jokes aside, I think he was really good yesterday. He got the man of the match. Uh, obviously, he's been out of the team. Uh, Ten Hag said it was because of left footers on the left hand side and right uh, footers on the right. Uh, and, uh, obviously, obviously, Ronnie, we've spoken and you you have a, a you've had a sneaky suspicion that he gets injured whenever the big games are coming. But he played a big game yesterday. We didn't concede and we didn't lose. Um, so where does this group stand with Rafael Varane as we currently speak? I think he's our best defender. Like out and out defender, he's not. He he, he can find what he can be found wanting with the ball at his feet, and that's where Martinez is superior. But if you're talking about out and out defender, if you got backs to the wall, and you're looking, you had to pick one centre back to head it clear, or you had to pick one centre back that you rather have a one on one against, so to speak. You you'd probably run, and I think he is our best defender. I, obviously, all the stuff. Uh, earlier in the season that he's been out the team and, you know, you've got Johnny Evans and Lindelof starting ahead of him all that nonsense. I, I can't believe my eyes. Um, I, I think he's our best defender and it's a bit, obviously, he's been at the club, what, since 2021. So, obviously, he's in his third year here now. He's, what, 31, I believe. I I, I understand if, the, from a business perspective, they want to get a high wage, uh, high wage earner or, or higher earner off the books. But I think you're gonna you'll 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 be hard pushed to find uh, a good enough uh, step back replacement very quickly that wants to come to United and is ready. And uh, if you're gonna get rid of Varane, so I'm a bit I'm a bit scary. I'm a bit scared, I should say, about obviously what you're saying about the whole Saudi stuff, as well as Casemiro. Obviously, we all we all knew Casemiro was gonna be a stopgap rather than uh, a long term solution. It's gonna be a short term fix, but still he's. Amrabat, you know, hasn't settled in as, as quickly as we would like. And obviously, Casemiro is still our best defensive midfielder. But if he's going off there to sell uh, Sancho and Martial, then yeah, yeah, let's make that happen ASAP. Fair, fair, fair. How about you, Rodney and Seb? Where do you guys stand with uh, Rafael Varane and his potential importance for the rest of this season? I, 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 I'm somebody who's a big fan of around when he's played anyway. I think when he's had a run of games, um, I think there's a stark difference between when Varane's in the squad and when he's not in the squad, especially when it when it's like important times and you're defending the box or whatever. He's imperious when it when, when it comes to those, those type of things. He does have his flaws and he's someone that you can't rely on, right? And I think the fact that you can't rely on is why we have to phase him out because he's just too important. So you need somebody to come in and kind of substitute that. But in regards to quality, I think Varane has only looked shit when he's been next to Maguire, right? When we look at from the year he first come, when you look at during the poor times or whatever, when Varane has been partnered with Maguire is when he's only looked shit. Other than that, for me, he's always been quality, in my opinion. And he's also... For, it goes back to even like back in the days. Like back in the days, wasn't a fan of uh, Varane because I always said he's a secondary defender. When he was next to Ramos, didn't even, didn't want him. I've always said he was a secondary defender. Even till today, I think he's a secondary defender. Um, he should never be like the main defender. But yeah, even with that, 
only when he's with Maguire, he's been shit. Fair. And how about you, Ronnie? Um, yeah, for me, Varane, I agree with Sebi. He needs he, he needs to be phased out, but he he is our best start in centre. But what I like about Varane is when you look the when you look across the whole team and you're looking for leadership, you're looking for a player who's going to bring organisation. You're looking for a player who understands in game management without needing touchline advice. Someone who's been there, done it, and has that experience. The only man in that team is Varane, and when he plays, you do see the team is is a lot more organized there's a lot more structure there's less mistakes there's a bit more leadership in there and i think he brings all of that to the team there's no one else that really even our captains i say captains the players who have been captains alongside bruno so mctominay and whoever else they they don't bring that so for me varan has to start games yeah he does have some deficiencies but they're not big enough to say he doesn't he, he doesn't play games ahead of Maguire or Lindelof. Um, him going to Saudi in January and us going cold turkey with the options we have is a no-no. It, 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 does, it doesn't make sense. You leave us. You've seen how we are without him. You've seen how we are with him. There are going to be games where, where, he, where he can't play. He's just not reliable. And that was why we needed to sign a centre-back in the um, summer. I get why it didn't happen. For what, for whatever reason, to do with Maguire. So, but we did need someone, like Sebi said, so we could phase him in and out of the team, and um, have a starting centre back ready for next season. But for me, it's getting rid of Varane now, after after him reminding us that yo, I'm I'm still able to do it at that level. At Anfield, having been dropped from the team for weeks, it is it, is no it's no easy feat. So for me. If you're going to Saudi, then it should be with his name not on the list. Casemiro would be my first name on the list. Um, Martial, I don't think Saudi, I don't think Saudi would even look at him. Sancho definitely, but Varane, I, I would, I would leave off 110 percent because we, we also, also we haven't seen him back alongside Martinez. So I think yeah, that's Martinez that's yeah. Martinez is another one who's back in training, isn't he? So right. So Brandon Martinez is our best centre back pairing. <laughs> so Martinez is going to be fit, and then you're going to ship off his best par- partnership. Oh, his uh, best partner. One of Maguire. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, nah, nah. None, none, none are really good enough, are they? What I've seen with with Martinez is that he has a he he had that he lacks a temperament at times where he can just. He doesn't have that um, calmness that Varane has. He's he's erratic sometimes, and he, he's prone to the odd mistakes, and he, he'll go roaming a little bit. So I think he needs Varane a, li- a little bit to hold his hand, and that's why that, and obviously him on the ball and what Varane lacks on the ball, that that partnership works. So so yeah, I will say definitely Varane in the summer, providing we replace him goes, but not 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 in January. It doesn't make sense. Fair, fair. I, I'm in agreement. Let's finish up with some listeners' questions. We've got quite a few today. Um, the first one is from Aliquam Scripto, otherwise known as Elijah. Real quick and easy. Should we just play in the Saudi League now? <laughs> uh, we should play in the Ryman League, man. I'll go every week. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Cool. Uh, next one is from D-Bond. Yeah, we need ideas for a new skipper because Thomas won the armband for one game. 
and has injected more team spirit into this team than Bruno ever has. Whoa! Any other mentions? Whoa, 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 brother. Don't <laughs> I don't really agree with what you said there, mate. What what great what spirit did he bring? I never saw it. Tussling, I guess. Mm, yeah. I think we said in the main part of all we saw him do was clap. And a man gave him a look like, what are you clapping for, bro? So I don't I don't know what he bought, to be honest. But yeah. Just R- Rand's my only my only captaincy that I can see across across the team. Yeah, fair fair enough. I think um again we have that issue. There is a clear lack of like the, the senior players are Luke Shaw, um, Harry Maguire, Marcus Rashford, Bruno. Obviously, you're gonna have people like um Johnny Evans, who's gonna have things to say as a very experienced player. Mm-hmm. Probably Casemiro is gonna have things to say as a very senior player. Uh and as I mentioned, and Varane obviously is gonna have things to say as a very experienced player. But those guys who've come from outside the team don't necessarily speak English either. Yeah. I have a great command of English. The English core is not impressive. It's really not impressive. And we've seen a lot of people have a lot of question marks about. Bruno, uh, Bruno Maguire, Bruno Fernandez as captain. And my issue with Bruno is just very whiny, very complainy. Um, yeah. And I just think it's a bad impression to set. But he's somebody who has the utmost self belief. Yeah. You know, so I can imagine that he trained really well. He talks to people like they're shit on the pitch. Um, and he put those two things to, and, he, and he delivers to, to some extent, right? So you put those factors together. And it's hard to not make him captain. Like, I feel like it's been very up and down. Um, yeah, very up and down in regards to um, Rashford over the last few years. So even though he's kind of a logical choice, like how often do we see attackers get made captains? Like you get your talismans like a Harry Kane at Spurs, but generally they have to be like carrying the team, but not just carrying the team their position and standing within the team and among the fan base cannot be of any doubt, right? I think Manchester United fans have a very love-hate relationship with Marcus Rashford, which is crazy considering all he's done, the fact he came from the academy, the fact he's a local lad. Um, But it's tough, man. And I think we need those personalities in the dressing room because the standards and how quickly things start to leak and how quickly um, the players aren't fancying the manager. I think Ten Hag's had those reports, which is the fifth manager that's happened to now. Um, we need more mentality in that dressing room, no doubt about it. But I don't think Scott McTominay or Bruno Fernandes are the people to, to give it, unfortunately. Um, X-Man Zamilis. ETH played Kobe away at Anfield only to probably bench him against West Ham on the weekend. Why is he introducing us to a vibe he can't maintain? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I obviously mentioned it. I think those Kobe and Amra is yeah, he probably sees as defensive. Um yeah, I don't know why he isn't why he isn't starting Kobe though. As, aside from Amra. I I've, I don't it's one of those where you can't make a sensible argument for it, to be honest with you. But all the games he has played, he's been thrown in the deep end, really, and he and he's not looked, he's not looked out of water. So yeah, I, I can't, I, I don't know why he's introducing us to a vibe, but I'll take whatever, whatever, whatever he's feeding feeding us at the minute because that's the only joy we have at the minute, brother. Um, how about you, Michael? Talk to Michael. Sorry. <laughs> 
Well, no, I just caught the tail end of that. Sorry, my bad, my bad. Uh, nah, no what, what was the question again? It was just about uh, Ten Hag, like, for example, starting Maynou against Liverpool away at Anfield, um, but then he's probably uh, um, not going to start away at West Ham and introducing us to a vibe he can't maintain. He should maintain the vibe, man. He should maintain the vibe. And as you what do you think earlier, he's... What do you think? What do you think his like? Obviously, Rodney's reasoning is defensive, but I think he's just trying to gen gently introduce him into the team. You know, obviously, he came back from a serious well, not a serious injury, but it was out for quite a while with the injury yeah. that he had in the summer. Um, me and Rodney had a chat the other day about a knee brace. Rodney thought he was wearing it for style. I just thought he maybe just had an injury, but I think he's yeah, just. I saw, trying him, I saw to... him wear a little sank in uh, pre pre match. He had a little sank on his. Uh, yes, I, 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 I don't know, but I think like from Ten Hag's perspective, he was starting him in pre season. So I think there's no doubt from Ten Hag's perspective of the oh. quality that he brings. I yeah. just think he's trying to manage a young player. Um, and probably has a bit more context than we do. I don't know, man. Yeah, but perhaps. I can't really perhaps. understand what this man does. Yeah, that's how, I can't understand it, to be honest with you. Because, okay, you, you can manage it better than four games since his return. I think he's started. Is that correct? He started again, He started yesterday. He started at Everton. And he started Liverpool. at Everton. Has he started another? I think because he came on for 10 minutes against Galatasaray. Or 20, 30 minutes against Galatasaray. He didn't start against Bayern Munich. Um, I think he's kind of had a bit of a mixed bag since he's come back, to be honest. Yeah, I think think they could have been a bit more, especially where we were still in the Champions League. I think there could have been a little bit more consistency if he was was trying to manage his minutes and and drill him into the team. I don't know, man. When you watch him play, you just think this kid needs to play more. But again, like you said, Mariah, there's probably context there that we're we're not privy to. So, and yeah, also there's a squeeze on positions. Two to midfield positions out of the three are Bruno and McTominay. So he's fighting for the last position, and that's where we're at now. He's got he's two definitive players. Bruno's captain always has to play, and McTominay started scoring goals. He's looking at it like because he can't just afford players to score goals. Look at that, McTominay. I think McTominay is even our leading scorer, isn't he? Is he not? So he's now saying, McTominay, you got to have a spot. He's moving like Oprah, you get a spot, you get a spot, and then all the other players have to fight for the last <laughs> spot. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Fair, fair. Uh, next question is from Kurati Kid. Uh, McTominay is making me fall out of love with the game. Is there any realistic midfield signing in January that would ensure that we never see him again? P.S. Reams, please accept my follow request. You got me itching. Pause for the extra United and Busk. <laughs> hey, what? Hey, that was very. Yeah, flagrant. I want to that question. What? Just because of that. That, that was very that? flagrant. That was very what flagrant. What, what was that last hey. bit about Reams? P.S. Reams, please accept my follow request. You got oh, me itching. Pause for the extra United and Busk. Hey, what's this? What? I don't understand some of these list of uh, these listening anymore. <laughs> do you not understand? Do you not understand what what the the tweet says, yeah, we need <laughs> questions about the game. Why are you why are you trying to make us assist you in your love for reams? That's not what we're here to do. We're not love doctors, despite having Dr. Mike here. He's not a love doctor. Uh, I, I, I definitely don't do that, man. I yeah, ain't qualified for that. Dear, oh, this isn't dear, dear, dear Deirdre or the Metro where you put in uh, um, anonymous like, oh, please. 
Um, in terms of the question about midfield signings, no, no, no I think we should. I think we should skip his question. I think. I think. Zs underscore London. Two questions. How good can Mano be if handled correctly? And where do we think we finish the league this season? Feels like the Prem is such a weird place. So, how good good can Mano be if handled correctly? So, uh, I think I caught a conversation back between you and Jeff uh, Reem, but you're talking about if he was just a bit quicker, he'd be like an amazing, amazing talent. But that aside, how, how good do you think he could potentially be? Let's imagine all goes well for him here. What at United or is is yeah? Um, just generally as a player, yeah, you can go to the top. Honestly, I don't think there. Apart from yesterday, I did see. I did see his. Um, I saw a, a few times his speed didn't look. It, did, it didn't look as quick as I thought it was. So that's that's a small issue. And like uh, me and Jeff were saying, just having that little bit more speed changes your game rapidly, a lot. Like it it moves it to, from one place to another. So I think for him, he can definitely still go to the top. Because I think he has a little bit of everything and he executes really well. There's enough, there's no sort of deficiencies in his game, like we can say with um Ganacho or Hoyland. I think he's ready to he's ready to really push on and just show some consistency, which he's already shown in the games he's played. I think he can go definitely to the top. And if United are gonna be good, he's definitely gonna be a name involved in it. Make United great again for, for real. I think he's industrious, he's comfortable playing out of pressure, that pass that he showed play to Garnacho shows that he can play really interesting and decisive passes, good in possession. He's got a, he's got a lot. He's got a yeah. lot. And I think, like, yeah. seems like Ten Hag likes him as a six. I think he could probably play as an eight as he gets older. Um, not even gets older. I think he could probably play as an eight. Yeah, I, think, I, think he's, I think now he's an eight. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I think yeah. he could play as Agreed. an eight. Agreed. I think he could play as an eight, eight, an eight now. But for me, like, the best six is typically make like good CMs anyway, good to very yeah. good CMs, yeah, right? Yeah. So the fact that he's playing this as six is like, you need somebody who can, when that press comes, seeing yeah. how, how loads of teams like to play, big teams as well, um, who can be comfortable under pressure, who can take the extra touch, who can slow the ball down, who can pass it and come back and be willing to receive it with a man on their back. So he can do all those, all those things. And yeah, very scratching the surface as an 18 year old. So yeah, I don't mind Ten Hag taking his time because this season won't be what makes or breaks Kobe Mainu touch wood. I think he can go right to the top. And the sec second question, where do we think we finish in the league this season? Feels like the Prem is in such a weird place. So I kind of read out the teams above us. Arsenal better than us, yeah. Liverpool better, Villa better, yeah. City better, Spurs better, Newcastle better. I think seventh is as good as it gets this season for us. I don't yeah. know if you disagree. Uh, um, you know, uh, we, we could... We could <laughs> <laughs> We could we could touch six, you know. You you never know. What does that look like though? Then? What, what does your top six look like? Who drops out? So from... I, I think I think if I'm gonna give my predictions right now, I'll say Arsenal win it. City 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 third, even Arsenal, Liverpool, City. Uh then I think realistic, I think I think Spurs will pick Villa. I think Spurs, Villa, um, and then us and Newcastle. Why do you have us finishing above Newcastle? I think not, not really second, second. Uh, what's it called again? Season syndrome. Because obviously, I know he's been there probably two and a half seasons now. But I think that Newcastle are not going to have the great season they had last season. They, they're at the Champions League now, and I know they're not in the Europa. But I think that will probably have a bit of a hangover. They've scored. Uh, they've conceded the same amount of goals as us, 
scored double the goals that we've scored. Plus 15. Oh, yeah. They're, they're very good. We've scored 18 goals in 17 league games. Yeah, shocking. Shocking, shocking. Um, I so just when, think... What you say? So, so yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, I, I just think they're not going to have as good of a season as they had uh, last season. And I, I think... We Is that based win. on anything you've seen 17 games in, though? Yeah, what what's that based on? Oh, no, they're just, they're just not as good. And they're not um, compared to last <laughs> year. Not, we uh, will be back. You're not giving me anything this is based on. Apart from... I, mean, I, hope, I hope so. Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if six or seven doesn't make any difference. So yeah. you're not going to be... Yeah, right, big, right, right. yeah I think... It's just, teams, it's just I hope so, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. all those teams are better than us. St. James's Park is a fortress. Yeah. They, they've, had a, they've had an injury crisis. And they're still better than us. Um, it's still so, got yeah. the crisis. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the I only think... thing that's holding them back right now is their waveform. Exactly. So like at home, that home nineteen home games, they're gonna win like fifteen of those. You know, if you can hold your, like like for Newcastle, like what I was saying, and for me, why I don't think we'll finish above Newcastle is purely because, like I said earlier, they have some sort of foundation, and that is their home form. So you, they can look at their next, I don't know, 14, 15 home games and say, we're going to win 13 of those. And you can say, those are points on the board confidently. With yeah. us, you're going to look at our home games and you cannot say that. You're going to look at our away games and say most of them against the top 10 are L's, which you can't really do if you're trying to get above teams right. in and around you. So uh, for me, there is no, there from what, 18 games in or how many games right now, there is no evidence that United can do anything that the other teams can't and aren't already doing. So, yeah. yeah. Fair. Hey, man. It's uh, Bardo. Hope and pray, man. Oh, oh, um, I, I hope you're correct. But I don't, I don't even know what six, what six does for us. Nothing. It doesn't do anything. It, don't, it really doesn't. We'll, 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 the, the, we'll get the fifth Champions League space if... I think we just need like one of Arsenal City to go like deep in the Champions League, basically. Obviously, you're probably like tallying, you're expecting Liverpool to get um, far in the Europa League too, and like the Villas and the West Ham to get far in whatever tournament they're in. I'm not even sure, man. Cool. Next one is from Mo Abdi. Peak Rio or Vidic? I'm asking because I'm a guy who started watching soccer in the pandemic and picked United because of BLM and half the black guys are gone. Lol. So as you can imagine, he used different. He's from America. He used different words, and I had to change those out. But yes, peak Rio, peak Rio. You could have went to Crystal Palace. What do you mean he did BLM? I mean, he's not. He's not gonna support Crystal Palace, is he? He ain't a South man. Like, there's no reason to support Crystal Palace if you don't live in Thornton Heath. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I think I preferred, uh, I think Rio has, just looks, in terms of stylistically, Rio is very slick as a player, obviously quick, um, can pass the ball, athletic, but I think if you're talking like Warrior, if you're like, I want a man to go to war with me, then you're picking Vidic, so I'm going to go with Vidic. Mm, how about you, uh, Rodney, pick Rio or Vidic? Obviously Rio. Mm. And how about you, Teb? Okay, I agree. 
Yeah. I'm going to go Rio. I think Rio was obviously the much better ball player, but he's like the kind of, he's like a Rolls Royce sort of defender. He was quick, so you could play higher up with him. He could play close. He could play off you. He's almost like a, like the uh, precursor to the Van Dykes, you see. Like a Van Dykes, obviously, taller, stronger, can jump more, faster, better on the ball. But like for his generation, Rio went for like 30 million or 20 odd million, like in 2000. Then we bought him for 30 million, like two or three years later, won the lot with us. You know, um, he was he was top, top quality for me. Um, but Vidic is a sort of mid uh, defender that's really appreciated on these parts. But for me, it was it was real all the way, man. Uh, next one is ruler of gap. How come it wasn't okay when Jose used to park the bus, but now it's fine with ETH? LVG was our best big game manager since Fergie? Question mark. So two questions. I don't think it's okay for Ten Hag to do it. I think the context is that whenever we go away to the big sides, we get battered every single time. So the expectation yesterday was that we were going to get battered. The fact that we were able to come away with a nil-nil draw means that there was, we've picked up a point nobody expected us to pick up. We didn't get embarrassed where people expected us to be embarrassed. So people see that as a positive, right? It's not saying that we were more stellar or we were like a class um, team yesterday because we weren't, but versus what we've served up in the past and versus how naive the team has played away from home under Eric Ten Hag, the absolute lack of structure, how porous we are, the refusal to stop trying to build up from the back, even though it's obvious that it's not going to work. It was progress. If we can go into those sort of games with a bit more structure than yesterday, change out some of the personnel for some improved players who can be more decisive in the middle and final thirds, then we can hopefully do even better away from home rather than uh, against a better side, rather than just going to people's ground and just expecting a loss. The last time in the Prem that Liverpool didn't score at home was January 2023, you know? So they've gone almost a cold calendar year scoring at home. And I think in that period, they haven't lost a game um, since like March, March um, at home, that is 2023. So let's just give it some context. I don't think it's anyone like singing from the rooftops, but it's just taking the little joys you can. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't get, I don't get United fan. I think, did you want us to go there and set up and try and play expansive football and then get beat 7 0 again? And then for you to say, why did Eric Tanhag go expansive despite us being poor and losing 7 0 their last season? Like, pick, pick your poison, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 really a weird reaction from some United fans. Our standards haven't dropped because you go to Anfield and you always expect it to be a tough game. But sometimes you have to be realistic and look what's in front of you. And yeah. the reality of reality of it is, everything Morales said makes Anfield a difficult place to go for, even for the best of teams. Like mm. you can say Arsenal are going to go there next week. How much are you going to put down that Arsenal will batter them? And that will let you know how good of a result it was for United at this minute. Like, guys, I've seen a lot of talk about, oh, standards have dropped. How can we be happy with a draw? It's just the way things are at the minute. Be real. What do you say standards have dropped? We know we're not good. Right? Yeah. What are we doing here? Language is in seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Group stage, Champions League, exit. Like, of course, the standards have dropped. And you know, like, the, the weirdest thing about it is when you look at our record at Anfield anyway, it's, it's, it's 
title winning seasons, Champions League winning seasons, we mm. lost at Anfield. Right. Those are some of our best teams going to Anfield <laughs> after winning the league, Champions League, right. and losing games. Right. This team is awful. Right. <laughs> like you guys have seen them lose 3 0 to Bournemouth. You've seen them lose 3 1 leads to Galatasaray. You've seen um, Anana throw the ball in the net. You've seen. Hoyland not score for 14 games. You've seen Rashford on the bench. You've seen no right wing. You've seen so many different things. And now you're going to say, why didn't we go go to Anfield with a more positive mindset? Be serious. Come on. Bizarre. Bizarre. I think there's there's a part of the fan base that hasn't accepted who we actually are now, which is crazy because we've been this way for 10 years now. Yeah, Um, right. It's not like the managers introduced us to this level and we shouldn't be happy with it. We've had four or five managers now. This is our level, brothers. Yeah, yeah. Forget forget it. For now, this is who we are. So Yeah, yeah. You should be happy with a point where you can't can't barely get one away from him against these teams. Cool. Uh, And then the second question, ruler of Gap. LVG was our best big game manager since Fergie, no doubt. Against the smaller teams, that style of play and the lack of quality players meant that we were serving up... Like, I just didn't know where a goal was going to come from against most of the league. <laughs> yeah. Against the teams that actually, again, came out and played, Big we actually place. popped. We actually popped, you know. I remember the 3-1 where Matt scored two goals, I think, yeah, against, um, against Liverpool. That particularly stands out in my memory. But it always gave us a chance against LVG because, you know, we look back at his time and I think if... He'd actually been helped to get better footballers. His football could have potentially worked better. You know, we got Schneiderlin, we got uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger, who was past his prime. Fellaini was a linchpin of that side. Rooney was uh, on the decay, decline, decay. You know, decline by that time. Uh, Robin van Persie probably had about a lot, the last embers of his prime. Remember him being played in in in, in midfield, um, but then. We also had Di Maria, and that didn't necessarily work. And Falcao came, and that didn't work. So, yeah, he definitely set us up better than most in the big games that we've had since Fergie, for sure. I think he had the he had the best team that we've had since post Fergie as well. He had some really really good players, man. Like this is the only team in that ten year period where I've just looked and just said, "Damn, man, nothing anywhere on the pitch, isn't it?" Nah, this is and four hundred million is, is, this, is <laughs> this is not it. Like the other teams, there'd be like a Three, four players. And you're like, yeah. if we could just get another two, three players. Yeah, this yeah, team yeah. feels like it needs a major reshift. I don't believe in Onana. Don't believe in Darlow or Wambasaka. We need another centre-back. We need one yeah. midfielder. We need a right-sided attacker. And yeah. we need a, a, a striker. And one could argue you need a left-back too, because this is what, season, almost season 10 of Luke Shaw, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's like seven players I've named. So you could say that you're happy with Martinez. You're happy with Maynou. You're content with Rashford um, that's three players am I missing anyone? Uh, obviously people got stocks in um, Ahmad but well, yeah that, let that be what that is in it so yeah it's three four players you know so this team needs major surgery personally um, cool alright man next one is from Orsura assuming we have everyone available how would you like to see our midfield set up? Uh, I've always, I've always said it has to be um, Amra, Maino, and then um, Bruno. Cool, I like it. Um, Michael, do you agree, or would you have a slightly different midfield? Uh, he said, "What? Well, say that Bruno, 
Amrabat and Bruno, yeah. Oh, okay, right, okay. Maybe I'd want to see what his legs are saying, but whoa, Amrabat. I know that sounded a bit crazy, and I, I paused <laughs> to see if you were going to pause me, but you didn't pause me, so I press play. I think Casemiro, uh, Mayno, and Bruno. The fact people still got stocks in Casemiro kills me. Yeah, hey, I mean, if, if the mobility is there, he's there. Yeah, bro. Where do you think? Where do you think? It's just like your you Newcastle shout, like. You're going against everything your eyes are telling you. Yeah. Hey, still there. You've seen this not. <laughs> the guy, hey, December. It's been gone since about March. And you think a 30-year-old um, who's oh, 31, 31, 31 yeah. turning 32 in February, played four 500 games probably at this level, is going to get that back. Hey. He's played, hey, he's played, he's played almost 700 games at this level. Yeah, yeah, look, man, he needs to been through it. His knees have been through it. Maybe maybe as the Megastadion knees, they can recover. I don't know, man, but... <laughs> <laughs> is that let's, what, let's... Your, um, scientific opinion? Your medical... Is that the... No, like, no, you're telling me about your five hey, years man. of... Like, hey, no, no, no. There's medical... There's nothing medical in that. That's pure waffle. It's pure waffle opinion. As always, a pleasure. Obviously, out of Europe now. Uh, salvage the draw yesterday at Anfield. No more midweek games, but we'll still be here as we have been. Uh, and we look forward to West Ham on Saturday. If I don't speak to Let's you have it, you haven't. Let's go for it. Peace and greetings to everyone. <laughs> right, love, guys. Love, love, love. Peace. 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 I shoot my shot, I hit my goals. I let man act like they don't know. Check my record and learn that code. 187, that's Andrew Code. Code. Murder a beat, I'm cold. I link up with bro, that's. I did it like Andrew Cole, I just do my thing, I don't need to talk I shoot my shot, I hit my goals, I let man act like they don't know Check man's record, I learn that code, 187, that's Andrew Cole Murder a beat, I'm cold, when I link up with bro, that's I did it like Andrew Cole, I just do my thing, I don't need to Middle with the field in check like scores, but I still grind and chase man's goals When I get a chance, man's veins get cold Sports Social Podcast Network